and I am taking this moment to stand atop the mountain, raise my fist in the air and scream, I love Battleship! Daddy, can I have some popcorn? What's that? On all these movies, there's a nun, in which I'm like, all right. There's no way. Well, I might. Why are we trying to break down the plot of Geostorm? Geostorm! Takes two to make a thing, thing, thing. No. No, it doesn't. Me don't like Crushy. It's okay to have a wrong opinion. I still haven't watched that yet. That's on my list. I'm kind of saving that for fall, though, from my horathon. <laughs> yeah, that was a good movie. I mean, it's not fantastic, but that was a good. Well, here we are doing. Yeah, the show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess we are recording, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, how are you guys doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Not as good as you, Mr. Washburn, considering all that's going on with you. But Yeah, uh, no kidding. And you're on vacation. That's right. <laughs> I ate a delicious homemade seafood chowder today That from things that I caught out of the ocean. It was delicious. Eugene, th- this prick sends me pictures of the, sh- the seafood that he catches in Maine. And uh. fresh crabs and stuff. And so I immediately sent back my picture of imitation crab meat that I got in my fridge in my little stupid $2 package. <laughs> yeah, we are all seafood lovers here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, it does not matter. Snack, it's... Like, I actually love seafood, like, in the morning, mixed in with eggs and peppers and all that crazy stuff. I don't care. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm a... I'm a... I'm... I love scallops are, like, my favorite thing, and I like some other stuff, but... Yeah, so I just kind of picked the crabs in the in the lobster and uh, mixed the fish that I had and mixed it all together and made a homemade seafood chowder. Had it in the crock pot all day, so it sat there, you know. That's what I had for lunch. It was delicious. Oh <laughs> and Eric God. just shakes just... his head going, I hate you. <laughs> I was so mad when I saw that picture. I was like, you asshole. <laughs> in so the I best told way. Eric, it's eventually pure... when you, you know, you and Eugene come to visit, I will make you guys a fresh homemade chowder. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> Buzz up to Maine for the weekend sometime. <laughs> yeah, that I do. That's one thing I do miss about Florida is the fresh seafood because that was fresh Fantastic seafood. Here, it's pretty much frozen or lake fish, which is fine. It is it is what it is. I literally uh, had the lobster in the pot like an hour and a half after it was pulled out of the ocean. Same with the crab. Oh, that's so fish. cool. So, yeah. <laughs> Fresh fish. Good deal. I like how, too, how you make so light of it. Like, yeah, just went and picked up some crabs. Like, no thing. Maine is just a paradise of seafood. I just <laughs> I just waded into the ocean and picked but them up. But if it makes you feel any better, lobster and crabs in Maine were considered a poor man's food back in the day. That's what all the poor people ate because it was too that's good for heard. the rich people, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Hmm. Okay. Well, audience, as you can tell, we got a guest with us Again, it's TJ. Eugene's here with us as always. And Hello. are you guys ready for the roulette? Let's do it. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> this week it is Hunger Ford up against Killer Legends, and TJ picked The Rift, Dark Side of the Moon. And since he's the guest, he gets to go first. Please tell us about this masterpiece. All right. Hold on one second. Let me pop up my, my 
review. And yeah, this movie uh, came out in 2016. It uh, was directed by Dijon Savick. As it was a 90 minute runtime, Ken Forey, Katrina Cass, Monty Markham. And I watched this on Netflix. Um, brief synopsis. A team of U.S. and Serbian agents is sent to retrieve a crashed satellite. When the team arrives at the site, all is not as it seems. Uh, this is one of those cases where the film just tried way, way too hard to be odd and full of twists. Um, I kind of got what the filmmakers were going for, but it didn't work. And I found myself getting really bored, confused, and uninterested very quickly. Uh, it was like somebody watched a whole bunch of Tarantino and Shyamalan movies and then tried to mash them together. Um, from the technical side of things, it wasn't bad. The acting was okay, and Ken Forey was easily the best part of the film. Um, that's not saying a whole lot, though. Uh, one thing I absolutely loathed was the music. It completely took me out of the film, and I don't find that happen very often. Uh, where, where you know, where like the film's music just completely takes me out of the story because it's just so out of place and up, like off-putting. It was basically oh, stay tuned for recently watched, my friend. <laughs> it was uh, basically like they just crammed it in there without much thought to like you know the pacing or the context of the plot or anything. Um, there were a couple interesting moments, but they were really very few and far between. Um, I, in the end, it wasn't for me. I wouldn't really dissuade anybody from checking this one out or forming their own opinion. I just su suggest you eat a ton of edibles or smoke a lot of weed beforehand. Then it might be <laughs> enjoyable because you definitely would have to be in that frame of mind. Uh, I give it a I give it a three out of ten. So, ooh. That's dissuading my ass. <laughs> yep, me too. It, when I watched the trailer, it kind of looked like an asylum-type project. It was... Where, you know, you could just tell right away. It was like a, um, a higher-budget, like, sci-fi original-type deal is about what it felt like. Okay, so not quite as bad as Asylum. No, a step up from Asylum, but, you know, kind of close to that same idea. <laughs> wow. Okay, I'm good on that one. Well, thank you for checking one off of our eternal pile. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll go next, and Eugene, you can be last this week. Okay. Uh, Hunger Ford. <sighs> the lives of a group of uh, late 20s, early 30s teenagers are turned upside down when their town is taken over by sinister forces. Direct, written, directed, and starring Drew Casson. Uh, so, I, I, about halfway through this movie, I was like, uh, I, this, um, what, what is happening here? I, I, the main guy was acting strangely, and not quite as bad as the guy from The Room, but I kind of got hints of that in there. Like, what is this guy doing? I can't quite tell what he's doing. And I went, I'll bet the main star of this movie is also the director, and sure enough, it is. <laughs> You know, for getting a group of your friends together and making a movie and having some budget to do some CGI things, you know, here and there, and there's some blood and stuff, and I'm sure it's a fine movie to sit around and watch with your friends that you made your friend movie with your friends. 
And so for that, I say, okay, good for you. Now, for somebody who's not your friend, I hated this movie, and it was terrible. And it was just, no, good. It was just a complete ripoff of, ah, what was the title? I was trying to remember. Eugene, uh, the Puppet Master thing with Donald uh, Sutherland? Puppet yeah, Masters? The Puppet, the Puppet Masters, yeah. Okay, where the alien was on the back? Yeah. It's that. But oh. everybody runs around. It's these little bugs. Instead, they're about this big, and you have to spray them with uh, body spray, and then they fall off, and then you can kill them. Guess, okay. That's one good use for axe, I guess. <laughs> and they would kill them with an axe. on t- Axe and axe. <laughs> uh, but there were just way too many things in here that were just too amateurish. Like, I can get by your special effects being really shoddy if you have a good story and people are doing normal things, but they, nobody did anything normal in this movie. They Lightning hits a factory down the street, big explosion, so these friends that are partying run outside to look, and I couldn't quite tell what was the deal. Like, it, I could obviously it's CGI smoke and fire and stuff, but it looked like a giant portal had opened up above the thing. And I was like, what the hell is that? And then they're just like, eh, let's go get drunk and party and stuff. And it's like, wouldn't you, like, be a little freaked out looking at something like, okay, whatever, I guess not. But then the dialogue was just bad, and their reactions to everything, their choices were poor. And, I mean, the characters' choices of what we should do. No. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. And this movie has a sequel that was on the roulette last week. That that is a follow up to this movie, the whatever the Doomsday Dawn or whatever it was. So <laughs> nope, not for me, and not for Eugene, and not for anybody that wasn't part of the crew that were in the movie. And there was a, a decent, I mean, of peop, amount of people in the movie, and there had to be some budget to this thing. But when I get to the end and people are wrapped up in the same, what do you call it, like spider webbing stuff used for Halloween decorations, white. That's they're just wrapped. It, they look it, no, nope, nope, no, 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 no. Eugene Killer Legends. Oh, and another swing and a miss. Uh, and this is a documentary. Come on, it shouldn't be that difficult. But uh, obviously, for this uh, for this movie, it was. Um, Killer Legends is about this. Uh, well, the documentary is about this. The director and his. Uh, I, wife, girlfriend, uh, whatever, I don't know. This lady, uh, they interview people about urban legends, the real stories behind urban legends, all set to overly fake scary music and jump scary music. And, uh, they kind of fake argue with each other and they're completely obnoxious. Unfortunately, um, or, well, I actually watched their other documentary called Cropsy, and I actually really liked Cropsy. And Eric, I believe oh, you watched that was, it. Well. Cropsy that was really was good. good. Yeah, Cropsy yeah. was excellent. I I loved that. Yeah, one. that was good. This no, a little goes a long way. This could have been good. There's there's a great idea in here, and the actual uh, the actual stories that they're focusing on the the hook handed the scraping on top of the car, the hook hand, whatever. Uh, candy with razors in it and like these types of urban legends. That's a cool premise. It's just, I, that the whole cheesy fake horror movie sound effect stuff, uh, made it just seem hokey and silly and ridiculous. And them, they just, they, 
they were over serious, which I, I get it. This type of subject matter, you have to be somewhat serious, but it came across as almost fake to me. Uh, but they pulled it off in Cropsy. Like there was the scary music in Cropsy and they were in that as well, but it, this was just dialed up to 11 and no. So it's not, it's not awful, awful because the, uh, the stories that they're, or the urban legends that they're looking into are interesting, but just the filmmaking techniques behind the movie itself is swing, miss. Wow. There you go. All you guys right. might like it. Uh, if you can look past it or if that doesn't bother you, then you probably will get a kick out of it. It's, it's only an hour and 25 minutes long, so it, it moves pretty quick. Uh, but I just, they were great. The bo- that couple was grating on my nerves and. Does it, it count towards October Horrorthon? Oh, it does. Yeah, I mean, I would consider that to be a horror right. movie, especially I'm... with the with the ridiculous horror music in there. Um, sure. I guess I would almost be willing to take a gamble on it and check it out just because I did like Cropsy, but... Yeah, I did too, man. That was a good movie or a good documentary. Well, I'm, I'm more willing to take a chance on it because of short runtime, and if it counts towards Horrorthon, then maybe. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, you guys might like it more than I did. If you can look past that... and. If I would have known that going into it, maybe I could have set my expectations a little bit lower. But when I saw it was from the directors of Cropsy, I'm like, ooh, this should be really good. And in, unfortunately, it was mediocre for me. It's not right. a complete dud, but it's meh, one and done. Okay. I know I'm always looking for horror docs, especially in October. So, I mean, with a short runtime like that, like you said, I, I might give it a mm-hmm. give it a whirl. All right, let's get on to the next round, which we try and pre-plan these things a little bit, but the show was thrown together today, and it got all fuckered up. So, <laughs> Yes, it did. <laughs> just take the ride, everybody. Uh, first up for you is The Mouse. The Maws? I'm not sure how to pronounce this. This is a foreign film. While traveling with her German boyfriend, Selma is confronted by the violent remnants of the Bosnian War and the ethnic cleansing her family faced. I'm not sure this could be a doc. It might be a movie. I'm not sure which it is. I haven't looked into it too much, but it sounds interesting. Sci-fi thriller is what it says on uh, IMDb. Sci-fi thriller? Yeah. Eh, all right, that's even better. Uh, caliber, Calibre, uh, however you want to say it. I'm not sure what, how, what usage they're putting it to. Two lifelong friends on a hunting trip in Scotland find their nerves and their morals ruthlessly tested after a harrowing turn of events. And lastly, Mohawk, which you informed me that you already watched and reviewed a couple of weeks ago, so... You get two picks. Okay, over to you. Okay, first up for you is... Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. Th- this is how how rushed together this show was. So, the uh, sci-fi thriller... No, that's actually the movie that I'm going to be throwing your way. That's called Tau. T-A-U. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, um... Ah, there we go. Sci-fi thriller. <laughs> wow. A woman is held captive in a futuristic smart house and hopes to escape by breaking into the computer programs that control the house. Uh, hour and 37 minutes. And uh, the director, Frederico D. Alessandro, uh, while they that individual does not have any director uh, credits under his name other than a couple of shorts, uh, they... Uh, he did work on a whole bunch of uh, big movies like Terminator Gen- Genesis, Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, uh, Thor. So anyway, he's, wow, yeah, it's I was pretty impressed. Um, next up is Alien Arrival. Um, 
2016, uh, Alien Arrival is a movie starring Dan Moore, um, other people who, who cares. Uh, Arrowhead is an interstellar survival story of a stranded mercenary who discovers a deadly secret on a seemingly deserted... I watched that movie. I think oh. I watched that movie. I don't know if I reviewed it on the show, but I, I watched that movie, I think, in a fever haze at like 2 o'clock in the morning. Oh, Okay. I don't know if I talked about it on the show, but I, if that's the movie I'm thinking of, I think I already watched really? it. Really? Yeah. I, okay, because I, I, I don't remember you talking about that on the uh, show. I don't think but. that I ever got around to it. Hmm. I think it was on my list forever, and I was like, eh, it's kind of sucked, so well, whatever. <laughs> okay, and last but, last but not least is Hunter Ford. <laughs> the, lives <of> a, <laughs> the lives of a group of teenagers are... <laughs> uh, yeah, from I Drew Kaysen. I can test the teenager part again. Late twenties, yeah. early thirties. Uh, I so I forgot that you had uh, picked that last week, but uh, I threw that back up on the roulette. So yeah, you have literally one choice. There you go. Maybe it'll be good this time when I pick it. <laughs> I will take Tao gladly. Oh, oh boy. Yeah, I posted the trailer for Tao. That's a Netflix original, and it looked uh, real, real legit. I wasn't. I would have. Throwing it your way, but you haven't been enjoying the Netflix original science fiction movies, so yeah, I'll just give it a whirl and hope it's not the one with the uh, Sam Worthington flying around quality. Yeah, with fish gills. Uh, for me, I will pick uh, Calibre, like that uh, kind of that. Well, I'm, it sounds like it's going to be something of like townspeople hunting, hunting down these two blokes yeah. in the woods, and that, that sounds promising. It might be caliber. I'm, I, sometimes they spell it differently, you know, yeah. that word. So, who knows? Yeah. Caliber, calibre. All right. There you go. Next week on the roulette, it will be Tau up against calibre -er. Wow. I don't think we've ever had a roulette with only three picks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's pretty legendary. Yep. yep. Okay. And I said, I said that, that'll do. For uh, I said for second round, let's do a rabbit trail. Just bring them question or a movie thing, and I'm going to dive in here and go first, because going back to what I was saying at the beginning, that TJ's in a good mood, he should be, because bah, 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 for those that don't know, he is a author, and one of his stories is currently being turned into a short film, if I'm not mistaken? Yes. Just a short, right? It's going to be part of a, okay. going to be part of a larger anthology film. Anyway, <laughs> I thought we could use some time on the show for you to talk about that. Oh, well, yeah, put me on the spot, you bastard. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so my... So, uh, oh, go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to say, who's who's doing the work? Who's in it? I mean, uh, I think, were you, you were in it, too, I think? Yes, I have a... I get to do my Stephen King-ish cameo appearance. So I get my couple lines of dialogue and, you know, get to... Uh, have my little five seconds of screen time type thing, and uh, that that was that was a lot of fun. It was hotter than hell. We shot the building we shot it in was like in the upstairs, and it was like a hundred degrees and no fans. And I was dressed in like full fisherman gear more or less because I'm the president of a fishing group, and yeah. And uh, but it was a lot of fun. I screwed my lines up like four times because I kept you know. <laughs> messing them up but it, it was fun overall i had a really good time doing it and uh they just started um they've been shooting some of the scenes off and on and they posted a few pictures up um on their website you can go to cemetery theater on facebook if you want to check out some of the photos and stuff like that cemetery theater is the production company that's 
doing the film. Um, they are a main base film company. They currently have one feature length film and a couple of uh, shorts that they have put out. And uh, I'm I'm very excited to work with them. They they do very good work on very limited budget. So it's it's a very very fun to work with those guys and see what they're what they're coming with. Cool. Uh, did they, do you have a release date on that, or do you know when that's coming out? I have no idea, because I know they still have to film the other anthology segments that are going to be in the, involved in this, because the anthology is something they're putting out, so there's uh, more than one, uh, I'm not sure how many stories exactly, but I know there's, there's several that are going to be on there, so I'm not sure, I, I, are the other shorts based on other author, uh, authors' work, or are they just created for this? Or um, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I believe Shane Grant, the the guy who adapted the the my short story and wrote the screenplay for it, um, I believe it's stuff that he's written, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Okay, it's a it's an interesting yeah. premise how they how they're doing it, which I can't really talk about and give any of it away. So it's one of those things. Right. But <laughs> that's cool. Well, I look forward to seeing it. I think that's pretty exciting. And you know, yeah. you know, having a friend that is making a project like that or getting one of your at works adapted that's that's sick. <sighs> okay, what do you guys got? What do you guys bringing for Rabbit Trail? Eugene, you want to go next? Sure. Um... Uh, again, uh, because of the rushed uh, production of our show, um, what do you guys think of Ant-Man and Wasp coming out? Look good? Yay, nay? <laughs> uh, I was just listening to uh, Mark Maron's latest episode where he has Paul Rudd on. And that oh, really? Was, uh, yeah, that was a pretty good listen. It was enjoyable, yeah, I, for the most part. Uh, the, but- uh, tra- the trailer really... Uh, I-, I watched The Incredibles Part 2 this past weekend, and that trailer came on Ant-Man and Wasp, and that... that- old school dance song or whatever that it takes to to make a thing get yeah i i hate that song so much it pretty much has made so that i refuse to watch that movie in the theater that's a netflix like it 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 like this this movie doesn't even look that good because that stupid ass song is in it <laughs> well i have absolutely no feelings about that song and i think it looks fucking great <laughs> Uh, he's little, then he's big, and it takes two to make a thing. No, no, it doesn't. I, I I really enjoyed the first one personally, so I'm excited. And I actually think this one looks better. I can get past the yeah, first one was good. I like the first. I one. I can get past yeah. the nine, you know, the early '90s, you know, dance music because it's just going to whisk me back to like middle school dances. So. <laughs> but I understand what Eugene is saying, though, because if they would have a song in there that I absolutely hate, one of my hangover songs, <laughs> then I would have the same reaction. Yeah. I think, well, I can't remember now. Was it just because, I can't remember if they, it was just because they were showing the trailer so much or if there was a song in it that bugged us. But do you remember the town with Ben Affleck and how we, oh, yeah, we were constantly like, fuck this movie, man, fuck it, because every damn movie it had a trailer, for a three minute trailer for the town. And it was just over and over and over and over and over. Yeah, and see, like I really, truly hate that song that uh, it takes two or whatever it's called. I hate that song so much, and and it's like it's prominent in this trailer. Just put your usual generic Marvel Studios 
score for the trailer because they're all the same pretty much. So just do that, and then I'll still not see it in the theater, but it'll be at least a little bit more uh, exciting for me, I guess, when it comes out on Netflix. Maybe somebody who only slightly dislikes the song will be swayed into going to, to a theater trip. <laughs> yeah. Instead of just flat out hate it. So. I, I do get what you're saying, though, because if it had been the Love Shack or some shit like that, then yeah. I probably would say the same thing. There, so there's the question, TJ. That's yeah. can a song, can music dissuade you in a trailer from seeing a movie? Yeah, I mean it can, especially if it's like you said, it's something that you absolutely have bad memories of or associate with some moment in your life where you're just like, yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm good. That I, that song because that's going to remind me of such and such an event in. No, I don't want to feel like dog shit for the entire time that I'm going to watch the film. That's just going to instantly give me a hatred of it. So yeah, I can definitely say a resounding yes, it would prevent me from watching it if it was something I really hated. But there's not that many songs that I like completely loathe. If it was maybe like a pop country song or something like that, but you know... (laughs) I, I still hold that against Con Air. I hate that stupid song. <laughs> That's a great example, too, uh, of that. Is that a country song? that they, I, I don't remember, but it's yes. awful. Yes, a terrible one. And he's there with his long hair blowing in the wind. Uh, Which has, at this point, made a fantastic uh, gift. So, you know, there's at least that. That's true. And back to Ant-Man, I... I love that meme that's going around that just, it says, I, I just want this guy to explain everything that's happened up into Infinity War, and it's the guy from part one. Uh, yes, I would watch a three-hour movie of that. I'm just saying. First, there was Tony Stark, and he made this crazy suit, right? And then my cousin Vinny told me about his suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. Uh, so, I guess... Well... I don't know if we want to go to recently watched just yet on that short of a rabbit trail, but we have been talking about... I have a question for the go- rabbit trail. <laughs> okay, well, we'll come back to this music topic, because uh, you had mentioned with your roulette that music uh, you didn't like or whatever, and I had a movie that fit that bill, too, I want to talk about. Yeah. Well, I mean, so. the, the whole thing was, they had, like, this... You could obviously tell that, that the movie couldn't afford to get any music by Pink Floyd because of the reference of the title, and they had some music made for it, but it was more like a modern rock type thing, trying to be Pink Floyd. And it just... And they were like, all right, we paid to have this one or, you know, this one song done for this movie, so we are going to cram this in here as much as we possibly uh. can in, in inappropriate places, because we paid for it, and God damn it, we're going to get our, our use out of it. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right. I, it's a different... That's not... Yeah, I understand what you're talking about, too. That totally fits that bill. But what, with my movie, it's a little different. Uh, anyway, but before we get to that, then we'll put a pin in that conversation for now. What what did you bring for Rabbit Trail? All right. Now, so, with Scream Factory is currently coming out with some really awesome re-releases and 4K scans. The Halloween 2, Halloween 3 are both getting steelbooks. The Howling mm-hmm. is getting a steelbook. Army of Darkness is getting a steelbook. They are coming out with a deluxe edition of the recent Trick or Treat anthology with that was awesome. 
Um, they also Life Life Force is also getting a 4K scan re-release on uh, Steelbook as well from Scream Factory, which is that's so awesome. all, most a lot of this stuff is coming out in September and October, which is perfect, you know, for right around horror movie binge watching time, which is like every month for me and Eugene, but you know, even even yeah. more so in October. So I my question is what is one movie from the 70s or 80s that has not got a restored version done of it that you would like to see, like Scream Factory or one of these other niche companies put out? Um. Oh, see, now this is pretty easy for me because I, I, you're not sticking me in any genre, are you? Like, I can go to anything. You can go to anything, yep. Oh, okay. I've got a handful of kung fu movies that definitely need some updating. Hell's Windstaff, number one. Uh, they Call Me Fat Dragon, number two, with Sam Hung. Amazing. And I should be able to get a third out of there. Is They Call Me Fat Dragon my life story? <laughs> no. <laughs> Unless you can do a kick-up like Sam Hung can. Uh, maybe I might pull something though. Let's see. Who knows? <laughs> I've never seen anybody move as fast as that guy, and he's literally—he's a big dude. You know who I'm talking about? Who Samo Hung is? You would—you would probably recognize him if you. Uh, he was in Ip Man too, just recently with Donnie Yen. Uh, he's still going strong, and honestly, a little bit of a kung fu derail. Back at, when Bruce Lee died, they were looking for the next uh, kung fu guy to come to America. You know. And it came down to him and Jackie Chan, and they were making movies together in the 80s, uh, and 90s, I think. They made a, several movies together, at any rate, that are awesome. But it came down to those two, and Jackie Chan won because he's prettier. Let me tell you, Samo Hung can hang with him every bit. That And he's a big, round dude. It's crazy to watch him move. I mean, as fast as he can. It's It's awesome, I love that guy. But they call me Fat Dragon. The only thing I've ever seen is a VHS... And mine has been watched a hundred million times in full screen, and it was a shit transfer at the beginning. So that one would definitely need it. Hell's Windstaff got a decent um, release. My it, Again, it's still on VHS. It might be widescreen, though. But it still has the um, subtitles that are yellow. So on a bright, sunny day when they're outside fighting or something, and they're not, they don't have an outline around them, sometimes... No idea what they're saying because it's yellow on bright and it's <laughs> it's just can't tell just, what it is a, at all. just yeah. a blur of gurgly noise more or less. Oh, I know the, a third one. Um, oh, what's it called? The one with the ninjas, Eugene, that I was trying to tell you about. It's an absolutely a female magic a magic chronicles female ninjas. You want to talk about a sleaze factory? It is Ooh. this movie. Yeah, I mean, it's violent, it is, it's deplorable, some of the things that happen in this movie. It's three female ninjas protecting their emperor guy or whatever, and uh, they, like, they go so far as to, like, it's hard to explain, but they kind of, like, scissor and transfer a baby back and forth that they're pregnant with to keep it safe. (laughs) They do some weird, weird weird-ass shit in this movie, but it is... Delightful. <laughs> so there would be my picks: three kung fu movies. Eugene, what? Uh... Um, oh well, hang on to your hats, folks. Here comes the sleaze. Um, so first up would be a movie called uh, Blood Frenzy. I would love to see a uh, cleaned up version of that on Blu-ray. 
which it everything about that movie screams code red like a you know the scraping the barrel type of uh movie and that seems to be code red or vinegar syndrome actually vinegar syndrome would be perfect for uh blood frenzy but it is a really uh lousy slasher movie in the best way possible it's like it's fun bad with tons of gore it's really really gory and i've only watched it once on a youtube of transfer, I'm, I'm sure it was VHS. It was really, really bad. But the movie itself was, uh, like, I could see if it's properly cleaned up right being quite you know, a lot better and more professional looking. But whenever you watch these old, old, old movies uh, on seventh generation VHS on YouTube, it just, it makes the movie so much worse, I guess. So that's oh, one yeah. I would love to see cleaned up and, uh, Re-released. Another one is uh, Rituals from two th- uh, from 1977, which I think that Scorpion has the rights to this, uh, but they can't seem to find uh, good film elements to re-release it. Uh, I watched. Now this is another one I watched on YouTube, and actually this one was taken from a remastered DVD transfer. I don't think it's on YouTube anymore. It was taken down, and I think it. I think uh, Code Red. It was one of the one of. Uh, Bill from Code Reds at the time. I, I don't know how, like, Bill and, uh, his brother at Scorpion, they, I guess they're, they're, they're not on good terms right now, so they're not, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, but Rituals is a great movie. It is kind of an underseen minor gem, uh, very similar to Deliverance, uh, which is basically this group of guys goes out in the wilderness, and the horror element of the movie is that, uh, the woods and the wilderness is a character in and of itself. Uh, they're not prepared for being out there and they're much like deliverance. There is a killer or killers in the woods and it is really, really good. And the DVD transfer I watched on that one, it, it was anamorphic and I believe uncut and it was adequate. But this one here, especially because it relies so much on the, the wilderness, the desolate wilderness, uh, would look fantastic on Blu-ray. So I hope that Scorpion does find the correct elements and remasters that and releases it on Blu-ray. Uh, another one is uh, Fatal Games. And this is another slasher movie from the 80s. I watched this, again, on YouTube. It's a VHS transfer, but it was good enough that I still think about it. And it's basically, there was all these gimmicks. Slasher movies always have gimmicks, like... It's either on a special holiday or it's a certain event or whatever. And this one here is uh, basically it's a javelin throwing killer killing off uh, uh, jocks and cheerleaders or whatever at this Olympic-y type uh, who cares. Uh, it's great. <laughs> it's total 80s fun. I loved it. I love the, the killer's look, which it almost looks like... Um, well, not almost. It, it's it's basically like uh, the the fencing costume, you know, where it's, you've got the mask on with the whatever. Yeah, that's that's the outfit, and then he, they kill with a javelin. There you go. Um, and last but not least is going to be a recently watched. So I'm just going to tell the title, and then I will explain the movie and recently watched. And that is Malabimba the Malicious Whore. I shall get into that movie in recently watched. <laughs> I thought of two more. <laughs> the sci-fi guy thought of a couple more. Uh, there was a TV miniseries called Earth Star Voyager that I recorded off of TV on VHS. I still have the tape, and to my knowledge, it's never been released. There is a DVD somewhere floating around that is a rip of a VHS, but I don't think even VHS it was for sale. And wow. it was, 
I watched it over and over and over. I just rewatched it here in the last year or so and was like, I still like this. I would like to have that come. And Eugene, how could neither of us remember the black hole? Uh, black oh. hole. We need a Blu-ray. A cleaned up Blu-ray. Come on. Yeah. Yep. Stingy Disney. <laughs> now, the whole reason I was thinking of this is because I'm getting really, really <clears throat> annoyed with the fact that Prophecy, the monster movie, has not had a decent release. Hasn't even had a Blu-ray release, as far as I know. So, I, w- I mean, Scream Factory, somebody needs to get on that and do, like, a you know, a new transfer of that. With all kinds of bonus extras, because I adore that movie. I know you. I think both of you watched that last winter. Um, mm-hmm. Is this is this the one uh, with the man bear pig thing? Yes, yeah. the mutated okay. bears it takes place in May, a, you know. So I'm partial right, there. there. There was a prophecy one that I watched too that was in a house with eels and things. Uh, no, different, different prophecy. Yes, but yeah, that both that good. one I absolutely adore, and it's never really gotten a you know a really good treatment. Um, so I, I would snag that in a heartbeat. A second I film, wonder, real oh, quick, uh, TJ, uh, that movie is Paramount, and um, I'm not sure, what is Trick or Treat, I'm not sure what Trick or Treat, uh, who owns the rights to Trick or Treat that's licensing it out to Scream Factory, but I mean, all it takes is one of these companies to gain access to certain, like the cat, the you know back catalog of like Paramount, and then I could totally see Prophecy being one of those, but I'm, I'm wondering if is Trick or Treat maybe a Paramount movie? Because if so, then that means they've got to deal with Paramount. So you never know. But I don't know. I'm not. I don't want to say for sure. If, I, I can't. Re- I can't really remember right off the top of my head if Trick or Treat was Paramount or not. But yeah. Um, anyway, well, the nice thing is that in a decade, Disney will own everything. We won't have to worry about where anybody has rights because yeah. it'll all be at Disney. Perfect. Yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have to pay seven thousand dollars per film to have a copy, and yeah, yep. yep. Whenever. <laughs> Another film, though, is one I I believe both of you, or at least I know Eric talked about, and I just uh, will be part of my recently watched that I want to talk about, is Red Sonja. Uh, Absolutely love that movie and would love to see a, um, you know, a transfer of it um, done up, cleaned up with a bunch of extras. Because I know, if I remember correctly, that movie absolutely bombed when it first came out in the States. And people hated it. And I know it's like the lower budget predecessor to Conan and <laughs> all that. But it's a, it's one of those 80s movies that I just adore and would love to, uh, you know, see a good transfer copy cleaned up with everything all redone and nice and spiffy. And, oh, yeah, and, I'm right there with you. And last but not least, you guys are going to laugh at me terribly for this one is another 80s fantasy movie that, uh, again, it's one of these ones that bomb, but I think it's kind of gained a cult following. And it's it's not a good movie, but I, I have a fondness for it. And that's uh, The Barbarians with the twin brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had that on the roulette, and that movie was awesome. <laughs> it's, so, it's so bad that it's just wonderful. And I watched that so many times as a kid that I would love to see, you know, a completely restored version of that with all kinds of extra goodies on it. So that's pretty much like the story that I, that I really am hoping. And if I really wanted to throw it in, there's another fantasy movie called Lady Hawk that I absolutely love that I would love to see a 4k restoration of. That movie has a pretty heavy following. I could see that happening sometime, depending on, again, the rights issues. Uh, I got trick or treat pulled up here. And it, yeah, I did too. And it's not, it's Warner brothers. Warner I thought brothers. It was Paramount. Uh, yeah. 
But uh, I will say that uh, Red Sonja is uh, that is available on UK Blu-ray. Uh, but I do, and I believe it's region free. Uh, but it's still that's not it's from what I've been hearing the reviews uh, on the transfer are Matt it's slightly better than DVD, but it's not like a cleaned up really really good restoration. And Barbarians actually, uh, I want to see that movie so bad, but I refuse to watch a uh, YouTube version of it. Uh, yeah. Barbarians actually got, I think, a German, like, clean, like, really cleaned up, brand new transfer, but I'm not importing that for 40 bucks. No. Oh, no, 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 no way. You should I mean, watch if, it on YouTube. If, if I'm gonna drop 20 or 30 dollars on a Blu-ray, it best be, like, 4K gold and look beautiful, because I am not gonna spend that type of money unless it's well worth it for me. Yeah. I don't know. I watched a couple of movies in 4K-ish this weekend, and I was not terribly impressed. <laughs> Made it everything look like that Hobbit high frame rate nonsense. Which kind of we're going to get into that because I I watched the one movie, and uh, I have a very different experience than you did. So we'll <laughs> talk about that here soon. <laughs> oh, you can't, you're not going to tell me you liked it. I'm not, I'm talking about the the, the image quality. It, oh, okay. We're t- total calibration issue there, but we'll, we'll get into that later. Okay. Well, I I invited you to come out, hang out with the Miller brothers and Hi Boys because they listen religiously and had lots of complimentary things to say about the show. So, thank you very much. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Cheers. <clears throat> All right. Awesome. Anything else you want to add for Scream Factory releases or niche title releases? Or uh, guys- TJ, TJ, are you going to get Halloween 2 and 3 uh, Steelbooks? <sighs> I, yeah, I'm still debating. See, the Steelbook thing, I've kind of been just limiting myself to the Carpenter ones, but they are doing a Steelbook of The Howling, which is my favorite werewolf movie of all time. So I may possibly grab that in Life Force. But I'm not sure if I'm going to do Halloween 2 and 3 yet. Yeah. I'll have to see. It depends on funds. I'm poor, so. <laughs> it's it's amazing that these smaller niche companies are now taking their own movies that they have the rights to and putting them out again. on Like, Ninja 3 The Domination got a remaster from Scream Factory. I'm like, I have the original. I'm like, there's no way. Well, I might. Uh, <laughs> Get your drinks in Eugene, you know. Yeah, and then you have midnight, and I have twenty dollars to burn in my pocket. Let's <laughs> Ninja Three: The Domination, another version of it, but it's four K transfer, and I'm like, I, I remember, like Scream Factory does a pretty darn good job of cleaning their movies up and making them look good. And to my eyes, like Halloween two and three, and even this Ninja Three, they all look really good for what they are. So um, we'll see, I guess. Um, See, and that's, that series for me is, well, it is a little bit like Nightmare on Elm Street in that I only bought the ones that I loved or I made my own trilogy, which was, I had Halloween 1, Halloween 2, and H2O. I think that was the only ones I ever got around to buying. And, uh, Nightmare, it was Nightmare 1, 3, and New Nightmare. Uh, I don't know why, but I'm like, these are the ones I liked, so I'm gonna, I'm just gonna get those. And now, that I'm back to collecting VHS, Halloween, that's a perfect series for me to collect on VHS. Oh, get, yeah, get, definitely. Just fill in that two, three. I, I think I might be missing two again, but th- uh, two, three, four. And then I have, like, the uh, Anchor Bay crazy tin thing of five, I think. I think I need four or vice versa. <laughs> did you but, Did you buy one of mine? Um, very possibly. Okay, I think I got I, that Halloween off of you. Yeah, I think part five. I don't know. <laughs> 
got a whole bunch of them. Those things are cool. Yeah, they are. Okay. Uh, anything else for that, or are you guys ready to move on to Recently Watched? No, I'm, I'm pretty much ready to move on to Recently Watched. All right. I know TJ's got the pole position, but I'm going to jump in here real quick with a quick review because it had to do with the bad music in movies. And this movie was a total blind buy for me, but because of all of the awards that it was up for, I had to jump on it, and because it's an anime movie, which I'm more of a fan of than series is. And that is Your Name. Uh, Let me try and find a quickie synopsis for you here. And I wasn't super keen on this. Like, I know that we talk on the show that I'm the animation guy and blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to anime, truly, I'm a, novi- a novice. I, I'm I'm not a master of the genre. Way more people out there on the internet have watched way more than I have. I try to stick to movies, but if a series is really great, I can dive into it. Now, from my meager understandings of anime, I have it categorized in a couple of different ways. There's mechs, where people get in giant robots and fight other giant things, and that's okay. And... There are high school dramas, which are just kind of made for teenagers, and literally just being high school kids, and that's it. And then there are, like, sci-fi, fantasy, horror, all the kind of stuff that I really get into. This one kind of looked to me like a high school-y drama thing, so I was kind of, eh, on it, but when you find family videos that have two for three on Blu-rays, I can trade it in and get more money than that, so uh, I will give it a shot. Two strangers find themselves linked in a bizarre way. When a connection forms, will distance be the only thing to keep them apart? Thanks for that worthless synopsis. I am to be. <laughs> so there's this comet going over Japan, and uh, these two people, a boy in Tokyo and a girl in the sticks, start dreaming about each other, and as the comet gets closer, they actually start switching bodies, where they wake up in the other's body. And then they have to do the other's chores and go to work and school and they have to leave notes in their phone for the other person of this is what happened today here's who i interacted with blah 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 blah. and i'm like okay i'm going along with it this is all right i didn't like the music because it is just really corny pop japanese kind of stuff that if you've ever watched an anime you'll hear and i just was not into that for something that was already kind of acting like a drama And then, about the halfway point, what was a light science fiction tone became a fucking heavy science fiction theme in this movie. And it jumped up big time for me. When all is said and done, the movie was not a deal breaker, or the music was not a deal breaker for this movie. Uh, I could just not think about it and move on with my life. And the movie itself is fantastic. No way will I be trading this thing in. It's absolutely staying on my Blu-ray shelf. Uh, I don't have the uh, awards brought up, but it did. I think it did win a whole bunch of crap. It might have even been up for Oscars. Oh wow! But it was fan. I might be wrong on that, but it was fantastic by the time it was done. And by the end, it's like, yeah, cartoons make me cry. That's great. But it turned out in in a good way, not in a a uh, shitty way, where you're like, ah, oh, this is depressing, and I never want to watch this again. Oh, no, I'll, I'd watch this again in, in a week or two. But my wife came in at the end, and I told, and she's not into this cartoons thing, you know. <laughs> uh, at least not the way that I am. And I told her, next time I watch this movie, you are definitely watching it with me, because I think that you will like this movie. Um... Good shit. Your name. You guys definitely check it out sometime. And uh, yeah, while I did not like the music in it, it wasn't a deal breaker. Okay, uh, TJ, your turn. All right. 
Well, as I mentioned about films that I wanted to see get a restoration, I want to talk about 1985's Red Sonja. Uh, fantasy, adventure, action. It's 89 minutes, PG-13. Um, is this a good film? Not really. Is this a fun film? Yes, yes it is. Even though this isn't a Conan film, it's, it is based on Robert E. Howard, uh, the creator of Conan. Quality-wise, it falls somewhere in between the original Conan and Conan the Destroyer. It has some good moments, but it's very... Um, I always thought this movie was really inconsistent. Like, it's got really good moments and then kind of lulls and good moments and lulls. Um, the effects are pretty decent. The score fits well and it shot well. Uh, the story, I thought, was a bit straightforward and cliche, but... You know, it, it was is what it is. I've I've really always had a hard time remembering what this movie was about after a few years. Um, <laughs> I just remember there's a couple of elements that terrify me. Like there's a ball that only kills men. Yeah, and yep. there's a Arnold fights some people by a rope bridge, and he it always freaked me out because he chops a guy's head off, but the head goes flying up in the air for a long time and then comes down, and I'm always wondered, or it always made me wonder. Yeah. Is that guy still know he's, his, does he, is he conscious in his head? Is his brain still in there going, <laughs> I'm flipping, oh no! And then, <laughs> and then a giant stone at the end where a guy almost gets crushed, I think. Yeah. Oh, a guy does get crushed. A guy, guy yeah, does get, oh, yeah. yeah. Don't um, let me know like crushy. You know, and the whole reason, like, is because this, there really isn't much to this to make it stand out amongst other genre films from that time period, really. If you think about all the sword and sorcery films, they, they kind of blend together. And I think this is why this one's forgettable, but it's kind of good. Because every time I throw it on, it's like, oh yeah, this is good cheesy fun. Um, so, I give it a 5 out of 5. A 5.5 out of 10 is what I give it for a rating, you know, because it is so enjoyable. It's one of those films I can, despite its flaws, I still enjoy the hell out of it. I, as a movie, I'd say that's a fair score. I enjoy it more than that, but uh, yeah, I'd probably give it a six. You know, even though I like it more than that, you still have to recognize the filmmaking flaws. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's how I usually rate stuff. I mean, I may love a movie, but not give it a great rating because of things that I notice wrong with it. It's that personal preference thing that comes into play so often, I think. Right, right. Okay. Uh, do you want to do another one, or Eugene? I what can, do you want to do? I uh, can do one more, unless yet. Eugene's got something he let's, wants to jump let's just go. Let's just, let's just go singles tonight. All right. Okay. Eugene, you're up next. Um, I've got a bunch to talk about, but uh, first and foremost, i got to talk about Malabimba, the malicious whore, because that title rules, as does this movie. Uh, Andre Bianchi is the director, which he also made Strip Nude for Your Killer, a great uh, sleazy giallo, and he made one of my personal favorite zombie movies of all time, Burial Ground, Nights of Terror. Uh, Malabimba is a very, very blatant ripoff of uh, William Friedkin's The Exorcist, but not. And by not, it's like they take certain scenes from The Exorcist and uh, ring it through smutty, sleazy Italian porn. Um, and it comes out the other side being smutty, sleazy Italian porn. Uh, <laughs> and it's it's great. Uh, it's, it's so it's so filthy that uh, like 
I felt like I should be sitting in a theater with a raincoat on and, you know, hat pulled down over my, over my head and the floors are sticky and not from soda pop. It was so. Did Pee Wee Herman is two rows behind you? It's, yeah, I was, I was borderline Pee Wee Hermaning it last night. Uh, it, it, uh, there is like not three, like, Every three minutes, I'm like, well, it's about the three-minute mark. Someone should be taking their clothes off, and there should be, like, way too much pubic hair. And, oh, it's, oh and then gratuitous, like, hardcore scenes put into the movie as well. Like, I'm like, oh, it's, oh, here's here's the wheelchair-bound guy. It's getting a BJ, a blowjob from the, from the, from the exorcist girl, whatever. And she's, she's not, I, I don't know, it. It makes no sense at all. She's she's possessed, but she's not. She's just an excuse to get naked. Everybody, everybody gets naked in this movie. Is being possessed a metaphor for being horny, Eugene? Is what you're trying to say? I guess, yeah. <laughs> oh, and there's a of course, in, in all these movies, there's a nun, in which I'm like, oh, why? What? Um, <laughs> yes, yes, that's the reaction. Uh, what? What time period is this set? Um, it's set, I mean, the movie was made in the late 70s, and it feels like a late 70s movie. It's not, like, set way back in the 1800s or whatever. Okay, I, I mean, because the possession thing sounds like a metaphor for uh, uh, nymphomania or something, maybe? It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it, basically this group of people are in this house, and there's a seance in the beginning, and it possesses the young daughter, which she's 16, quote-unquote, in the movie. Bimba is her name, but yeah, obviously in real life. She, she looked actually, she looked like she was 16, which, like, ugh, jeez. This movie is just, it's just so damn smutty. Like, I've seen hardcore pornography that is less smutty than this. It's just, I'm like, good Why are grief. we trying to crack the story of this thing? Yeah. Oh, and there's there's actually, there is a story in between the th- every three minutes of, of some sort of soft or hardcore sex scene. There's some sort of oh, storyline Somebody's got to come deliver the pizza and fix the plumbing and, you know. Oh, and my mustaches and sweaty, greasy. Oh, yeah. Oh, but and the, through the whole movie, I'm like, oh, when's the nun gonna come into play here? Because she's she's here too. It's like and she's got the long white gown thing on. I'm like, okay. Anyway, oh, let's... the emails I'm gonna receive, dear movie freaks. I never thought this would happen to me, but there I was. One, yeah. But um, it is. Uh, there is two versions of the movie, and the version that I have is the is the. <laughs> There's a PG-13 version, and it's 45 seconds long. <laughs> and she's well, possessed. I mean, seriously, this movie would literally be uh, maybe 15 minutes long. <laughs> uh, but there's an unrated, and then there's my version, which is the X-rated version. And the literally, like, there's only seconds difference, and it's all, like, up-close shots of hardcore pornography. So, And this is, like, I think the first true... Hardcore pornography movie review that we've done on Movie Freaks. More, more to come, though, I'm sure, in the future. <laughs> but, um... Goals. Yeah. Teen, am- teen animal, anal tryouts are way less <laughs> pornographic than what I just watched last... It, it was... Like, I'm like, this is ridiculous. <sighs> you know, I didn't think it was going to get any worse than Anne Heche's butthole, but I don't think I can pick that the title of the episode, sir. <laughs> oh... <laughs> Okay, I'm done. Uh, four, four stars. It was great. Oh my god. Okay. Um, wow. Okay. Let's see. We know that uh, 
We love to talk about good, bad movies and bad, good movies, and uh, I love to buy them and give them triple X-y higher scores than what Eugene just rated an actual triple X-y. Uh, let's talk about Geostorm and Gerard Butler, who can save any movie except this piece of fucking dog shit. Geostorm! We turned this into a drinking game out at the Miller household. Oh, this was so bad. Uh, so bad, it couldn't, no. I spent the whole time watching this movie going, but why is there Geostorm? Okay, but why is there Geostorm? <laughs> like, everything in this movie is stupid. I mean, it almost can't redeem the thing. It, it, uh, Were you uh, just waiting for the Aerosmith song to kick in and, you know? Uh, I was. Give me the animal crackers because it's better than this dog shit. <laughs> uh, very disappointed, but it was a two for three Blu-ray that I can trade in. Although I, we got pretty blitzed while we were watching it because of Geostorm. So I might have to give it another chance because maybe there is a good piece of shit in there. But as it sits right now, it's just like, uh, no, no thanks. Because you're just not quite, you need to make a little more sense at least, you know, like they've got this whole, why is there a self-destruct on a weather satellite? Why, like, why is it loaded with, with bombs? Why is there a countdown clock? Why, why do, why? Just, Geostorm! Geostorm! Drink. <laughs> that, that was how I watched Geostorm. <laughs> and I uh, watched so, it this morning. <laughs> oh, well, please follow up with your review, sir. Well, Go first ahead. of all, I, T- tell me what you know of it now, it doesn't take up one of your slots. Well, I'm just curious, like, you you said something about that it looked kind of like that Hobbit video-ish quality? It, it did, but uh, even that, uh, I don't, that, that wouldn't have saved it for me. Like, okay. I, my issues were not just that. Like, that was one thing, and I figure if I watch it at home, it won't look like that, where the, it, yeah, I don't, I don't okay. like that look. But um, yeah. otherwise, no, way too many things in there where I was just like, well, that's fucking dumb. <sighs> or, that, well, that's stupid. And I own some stupid damn movies. Triple X3. <laughs> the Return of Xander yeah. Cage. Because, um, yeah, I, I didn't get that, that video feel of watching that. Oh, like, immediately I'm like, oh, that, I'm not, this just looks like a big budget Dean Devlin movie. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Even drinking with the boys, I didn't enjoy this movie. That's I'm how like, much it was. I'm like, uh, it's so far, it's not bad. I'm like, oh, there's some okay effects. And I'm like, this is better than 10,000 BC or whatever, or most uh. of their other movies. And I'm like, uh, it's okay. Andy Garcia as the president is adequate. A lot of big names in that movie. Oh, big names, yeah. Well, money, 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 money. <laughs> yeah. Geostorm! But uh, I'm like, okay, at what point is there going to be a car that is outrunning something, like uh, the ground breaking? I'm like, oh, it's the Japanese guy in his tiny little echo car or whatever. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 outrun that thing. And then, oh, we're going to have another outrunning a tidal wave thing, and it's a girl from Brazil, I think, or Rio de, Rio de Janeiro. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Well, everybody else was freezing and well, I don't, whatever. <laughs> But yeah, I actually kind of enjoyed it for what it was. I'm like, uh, my expectations were so low after your review. I'm like, just get it done. Just watch the first half hour and then turn it off. But I'm like, uh, get Gerard Butler up there because he can take care of business on the big thingy that does whatever, who cares, and blow <laughs> things up. And Well, it got off to a bad start right in the beginning because 
the the politician was busting his balls about being late. Yeah. And I hated that guy. And everybody's like, just be nice, be nice. And I'm like, no, fuck that guy. Yeah. You came from space for this meeting. Why are we yeah. trying to break down the plot of Geostorm? Yeah. What is happening? <laughs> Malabibio the whore and Geostorm. That's yeah. where we're oh, at. And the daughter oh, okay. was fake crying and, uh, don't leave, Dad. I'm like, oh, you're, ah, she, she was okay, I guess. <laughs> you know what, the girl, the blonde girl. Yeah, yeah, it? she was awful. <laughs> Everything in this movie was awful. Okay, maybe I'll give it a chance again with only minor drinking and not Las Vegas drinking. Uh, TJ. All right, I have a confession to make. Um, this is a 2012 movie, and I'm probably going to get a lot of shit from people about this, but I love it. And before you start throwing rocks and sticks at me, please hear me out. And that is my love for the movie Battleship. <laughs> it's 131 Ooh. minutes long, directed by Peter Berg. And I watched 131 minutes long? It is. Oof. 131 wow. minutes. Wow. I think I saw that in the theater. I didn't know it was that long. Jeez, it is. Priest. Um, listen, the movie is what it is. It doesn't strive to be anything more than stupid, over-the-top, effects-driven fun. Sure, it is based on a board game. Sure, there isn't a whole lot of substance to the story, but it did its job. I've watched this like three or four times now, and every time I finish the movie, I have a big, dumb grin on my face. <laughs> like, just one of those stupid smiles, like, yay, this is fun, yay, America, woo! <laughs> um, and, you know, for me, it takes it takes me back to my childhood days of grand, big effects action films. And that's what I think of every time I watch this, like, fond memories of things that made me a movie fan. And... I think Peter Berg did a good job of, of putting this together because I think in a lesser director's hands, this would have really, really sucked. Uh, you know, it had just the right music beats where you're like, yeah, victory, woo, you can take it over, and oh, you get all excited. And I think sometimes as a movie fan, we need to step back and remember what made us love films in the first place. Uh, for me, it was films like this. Love what you love and don't worry about what anyone else thinks. And I am taking this moment to stand atop the mountain, raise my fist <laughs> in the air and scream, I love Battleship! There, I said The Battleship it. on which he will die. <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe that makes me lose some cool points. Not that I ever had any, but I am no longer ashamed to hide my love of this cheesy, fun, badass action film. I give it a seven out of. 10. Oh, trust me. If there's any, if there's any show where you're safe loving any genre of anything, this is it. You can like whatever the hell you want. That's totally fine. I don't have a problem with that. I'll give Battleship this. I think I watched it one time in the theater, and I remember more about it than Geostorm. Uh, I, it just had a little too much dumb stuff for me to get over, like the, using the ammo from World War Two. That was that 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 was still good to go because things were better battleship. back in the day, and they held up longer. Damn it! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for them to work in the move to B12 or move to, you know, the, and, and sure enough they did, but I was surprised by my reaction to it, the reasoning, the layout and why they did it. I was like, I, that's actually kind of cool. I'm okay with that. The only thing but, that would have uh, made that... the scene of them moving the bomb would have been if, you know, House of the Rising Sun or something by the animals come on, because then I would have been like, oh yeah, we're going back in time, and they're going to kick off with the right music, yeah! 
America. The other the, <laughs> the first thing I always associate with that movie though is that uh, Peter Berg wanted to make Lone Survivor. I think he made Lone Survivor. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Mark Wahlberg. He wanted to make that movie, and the, whatever studio that he took it to, they said, "Look, we'll give you the money to make that movie, but you got to make this battleship movie." And he said, "All right, fuck it." Like he does not. He's not one of those guys, and that I love this. And I, I do too, big time. It, and it actually makes me like Battleship, even though I don't like own it or you know actively love the film itself. And he has a cameo in it. It makes me, it makes me root for him because he's the kind of director that's like, you know what? I don't give a shit about what my filmography is or my legacy. I want to make the movies I want to make, and if I got to make your board game stupid movie so that I can make the movies I want to make, I'm going to do that. And that, that's pretty sweet to me. I will forever love Peter Berg simply for Wes Craven's Shocker. So, hey, you know, <laughs> because he... I didn't know, he see, he's one of those directors like... Uh, he was in it, yeah, yeah. The, the, guy, that, the guy that did Perfect Storm. They're, I, I can never remember all the movies that they've made, and then I go that look... Gore, and, that's Gore Verbinski, I believe. No, no, it's... Uh, Perfect Storm? Perfect Storm is not Gore Verbinski. It's, oh, it uh, is? Okay. I think it's a German guy. Anyway, I go look at their filmography, and I'm like, oh, shit, he made that? No way! That's awesome. Uh, over and over and over again. <laughs> oh, Wolfgang Peterson. There you go. You're he's right. one of... Yeah, he's totally one of those guys. Anyway, that's fine. You're allowed to love Battleship. No, Thank you. Uh, Thank you for not hitting me with sticks and rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for validation. You start coming on here loving rom-coms, we're going to have another story. Be, uh, so be, I shouldn't be review when Harry met Sally. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean... Um, T- yeah. TJ gets kicked off the show. <laughs> First Steven, now me. <laughs> <laughs> we're losing everybody. Okay, I'm looking... I'm going to see here. Can I do a whole episode without any VHS? No. Uh, Wait, it's Eugene's turn, not mine. Wait. Yes, it is my turn. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Um, so I didn't review Satan's Baby Doll last week, right? Because if not, let's review not. that. You teased it. You teased it. Okay, Satan's Baby Doll from 1982. Uh, this is also known as La Bimba di Satana, which is awesome. Uh, this is directed by Mario Bianchi, um, which is the brother of uh, Andre Bianchi. So the brothers, so the... Andre did the 1970s version of Malabimba, and then his brother remade his his own movie uh, called uh, Satan's Baby Doll. This is a remake of La, uh, Malabimba. Uh, I watched this one before I watched... I, re, I have actually seen Malabimba before years ago, uh, but not the version that I watched last night. Uh, so uh, I watched this first, and I'm actually glad I did, because... It's not near as it, it's trashy, but not near to the level that Malabimba was. But it still has the uh, Exorcist type storyline where there is someone. Well, yeah, there's a basically a young girl that's possessed, and everybody in the house uh, starts screwing and then dies. Um, this is only an hour and fifteen minutes. Actually, no, an hour and thirteen minutes. And it's still kind of, it's weird because it's the same storyline, but it drags where Malabimba did not. Although <laughs> Malabimba was, you know, it had, it had stuff to show. Here it was <laughs> a lot less of that sleaziness. And so like, uh, come on, there's a zombie in there for some reason. I'm like, all right, that's kind of cool. But like, if you're not going to 
if you're not going to be as smutty as the other one, then at least have some more like cheesy gore, which they really didn't. But there was still a nun. And actually, it's the same lady that played the nun in the Malabimba movie. She's a nun in this one, except she's like five or six years older. And I'm like, ah, I liked you better in Malabimba. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, so you're, you're aging out of your role. You're out of your nun outfit, uh, regardless <laughs> if you're wearing it or not. And the white stockings and stuff. Uh, so that got a... Satan's Baby Doll got three out of five, whereas Melodema got four. Um, but but um, they're both from Severin, uh, which is my new just favorite. I love Severin. And they're on DVD currently, but I would love to see these on Blu-ray. And Eric, if you ever want to borrow them... Uh, do so, but uh, as with last night when I was watching Malabimba, I kept on just kind of turning around like, dear God, I hope no one in this house is just coming down for something in the basement because I'm screwed. <laughs> Daddy, can I have some popcorn? What's uh, that? Stained for life. <laughs> and then it turns uh, into Silent Night, Deadly Night, and um, yeah, and we know how yep. this goes. We know how the path of this goes. phobia for nuns. <laughs> yep. Well, I don't, don't think punish so. Punish me? As, I'll never uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not quite as dirty as you. October. <laughs> uh, anything else for Satan's baby doll? Uh, the cover is the thing of of gorgeous 80s beauty. It is so cool. And it's, of course, it's nothing like what's in the movie because it's like this. It looks like something that should be on the cover of an 80s, like, heavy metal album it's just this huge Ow. satan demon thing and then it's like hugging this nude lady i'm like why isn't that in the movie this would be five out of five if that would be in the movie but <laughs> as it is did it did it live up to the title was there indeed a satan's baby doll in the movie oh the daughter i mean bimba or whatever she's kind of i mean but it's i'm hearing buddy james dio or somebody singing high falsetto vocals and like lightning coming down right now <laughs> oh i want to mm. see this just based on the <laughs> cover Satan's baby, <laughs> my bimba, she's the one. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> you uh, better love the baby doll. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start working on this she, song right now. <laughs> you should. She might be possessed because of a seance, or she might be a whore. <laughs> I would love to see this movie remade again by me. <laughs> Starring Eugene. Starring starring Eugene. <laughs> starring me. <laughs> Directed by me. <laughs> and a whole bunch of 30-year-old teenagers. Yeah. 30-year-old <laughs> teenagers. Oh, boy. The Bianchis. God bless them. <laughs> bless them with your money. Okay. Yes. Uh, my turn? Yes. American Maid. It's another one of my blind buy Blu-rays. The story of Barry Seal, an American pilot who became a drug runner for the CIA in the 80s in a clandestine operation that would be exposed as the Iran-Contra affair. And I was hard-pressed to pass up a recent Tom Cruise movie because, shameless plug, one of my friends started a podcast called The Cruise Cruise, in which they have been going through all of Tom Cruise's filmography in alphabetical order. And they are currently just breaking down TC. And I've been really, it's been pretty enjoyable. And I, I give them, I guess, a, a little bit of a shout out. If you're into Tom Cruise, go watch the, or go listen to The Cruise Cruise. Uh, this movie, 
was a rock-solid Tom Cruise affair. And I will definitely stay on my shelf. Eugene, you're welcome to borrow it if you want to watch it. Be a decent okay. wife movie. I mean, it's R-rated a little bit uh, with language and, and stuff like that. But it, it, solid freaking movie. It's a very well edited. It keeps a good pace for a hundred and what is it, 110 minutes. I think here just had it pulled up and it went away. 115 minutes. But the pace is really good. The a- action, uh, the action is. Uh, I mean, you know how this is all going to go. We've talked about this many times, that it's in the 80s and it's got to do with drugs. What's going to happen? Gee, I wonder. You get to the late 80s or the mid-80s, late-80s, it all falls apart. Eventually, the man always catches up with you. Damn the man. Um, All that being said, yeah. All all that being said, totally enjoyable film. And, uh, yeah, Cruz did a good job. Uh, It's got some real kind of comedic moments in it, especially from him, that I wasn't really expecting. And... Thumbs up. It worked. Um, good movie. I I have many Tom Cruise movies that I need to catch up on because I've kind of lifted my self-imposed Tom Cruise man recently in the last year because I just couldn't deal with crazy outside of movie Tom Cruise, so I kind of stopped watching all of his films, but I've decided to hell with it. His movies are usually enjoyable, so I need to just... Just minus the real life crazy and, and <laughs> enjoy, enjoy the on screen crazy. Yeah, and uh, by all reports, I don't think he's harmed anyone, so it's easy to ignore the off screen crazy. Yeah, exactly. Where, you know, as opposed to a Bill Cosby or something. Right. Um, where did where did this band come in? Like min- Minority Report? Have you seen that? Before Minority Report. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, okay. That's about the time you need to start. Yeah. Minority Report. I have a VHS copy on my shelf right now, so... I. That's a damn good movie. I'll have to throw that All in. of the Mission Impossibles? I watched one of them just because it, I, I, yeah, I thought it was okay, but... I wasn't blown away. Ah, Tom Cruise is awesome. I wasn't Come smitten. on. <laughs> One great, two not so great, three, four, five, great. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and Top Gun? Oh, yes, I, I have seen Top Gun. You <laughs> it wasn't that long of a ban. It was just, uh, I think, yeah. probably about the time he, she, he was jumping on the couch. Is that about the yeah, time that you right around, bailed? right around there. You know, I broke my, my self in with, you know... Um, War of the Worlds this year, and um, the one where he Good keeps movie. repeating the same day over. I'm forgetting the name. Um, uh, Live, Die, Repeat, li- or something. Yeah. They retitled it like three times. Yeah, that one. And uh, so, you know, I've watched a few this year. Cool. Yeah, well, Minority Report is next on deck. That movie rules. Okay, I have to remember uh, that. I'm on vacation, so I you, definitely will it's watch your turn. What's that? It's your turn, sir. Your turn. All right. Well, I think this is going to be my last round for recently watch, um, but it's kind of a little longer one, so that will be okay. And um, it's for Fallout Break, Fallout Nuka Break, Seasons 1 and 2. Now, this is a YouTube series, okay? So stay with me. <laughs> it's uh, it's only 12. Give me, give me that title again. Fallout Nuka Break. Like Nuka Cola. Nuka Break. Uh, oh, okay. Um, gotcha. There's only 12 episodes. It's 122 minutes long. Total. Both seasons. So, I mean, it's fairly short. Um, so it's a web... That's like a web series. Yeah, it's on YouTube. So if anybody wants to watch it, it's free to watch on YouTube. Um, and 
this is a fan film, and I have always wanted a Fallout franchise, you know, series, like TV series, because I think it's like one of the most perfect game franchises, because there's so many endless amount of possibilities you can do with it. The background's there, the lore, the world building, everything is there. And so when I stumbled across this, I was just blown away by how well done this was for a fan film. Um, it's, uh, you know, what, because not only do they have all the little nods and acknowledgements of the game's rich history, the story itself is really well-crafted, and, and I like the characters. Um, the only thing, I really wish it would have been longer and there'd been more seasons. Um, a lot of big-budget properties could honestly take a page from this group on how to do a video game adaption properly, because I will honestly say this is probably the best video game adaption I have ever seen of anything. You know, big-budget films, anything. This This was just amazing and fun and... I watched the whole thing, you know, pretty much in one sitting. Um, my only complaint, and it's like a really minor gripe, again, was the seasons were too short. But seeing it was a fan-made series and knowing they were on a tight budget, I get it. Um, anybody that's a fan of the Fallout series, um, I think, should definitely sit down and watch this. Because uh, it's, it's amazing. And hopefully... Um, you know, I, I really think Bethesda should give these talented folks a green light to make a feature-length film because their talent mixed with love and reverence for the film franchise and maybe having some cash to back it, I think they would do it beyond justice and make something amazing. I give it an 8 out of 10. Sweet. Have you watched the... There's another one that was uh, called Street Fighter Assassin's Fist. I reviewed that one on the show a while back. I blind bought a Blu-ray of it and... What I found out was that they had this also was like some kind of web series, and they mushed it all together into a movie. And I was really surprised at how well done it was. They obviously had a very low budget, and they're only like in a couple of locations with a couple of characters. But what they were able to accomplish with just those meager things was pretty darn awesome and really entertaining. And it was wise of them to keep the cast low and keep the story small and contained so it didn't you could go outside of its budget you could tell yeah. like okay they're at least telling a proper arc of a story instead of trying to cram all this shit in here and you got we're all julia flying around and you know what i mean <laughs> like the other street fighter movie it's total nonsense and and this is this is kind of the same thing you know a lot of the people that are involved in the movie that it actually were in the film but on a very cool side note doug jones is in this Oh wow! So that was kind of, I think, their name actor for it. But it's it's very cool. It was very cool because I was like, man, I recognize that guy. Who is that? And I was like, holy shit, that's Doug Jones. I was like, you know, and you can tell. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. There's some spots with the effects, not so much like the action part of it, but some of like the creature type effects that do look a little CG. But they did this whole series. I mean, whole thing, which is you know, two and a half hours long. It's basically one long movie if you watch it right back to back. Right. I think it was under a million dollars that they raised for this whole thing. And, I mean, dude, I've seen 20, 30 million dollar budget movies, Wing Commander, anybody, that look like complete <laughs> dog shit compared to this. So, 
you know, I think anybody that's a sci-fi fan or a fan of Fallout really should watch this and give it some love because it is amazing. Cool. I'll give it a chance. Uh, we're on a time schedule. Eugene, you're up next. One more last round for you. Okay. Um, last one for me is going to be Annihilation. I was able to oh, pick this up on. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot I have to talk about, about that. this movie. Yep. So, and I wouldn't mind being a little spoilery unless you think no. Um, uh, St- uh, Steven, TJ, have you seen it? I saw it in the theater. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. So I have. Full spoiler annihilation. Let's go. Okay. Um, I loved it. It was. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, honestly, my uh, my only gripe was this is so minor, but going back to the whole music thing, I thought that the uh, the score choice for the first half of the movie was a bit odd. But that was just me. I I'm not the hugest fan of coffee shop hippie uh, acoustic guitar strumming, and that's <laughs> kind of what this was. Although that is such a minor nitpick. Um, other than that, this was such a cool, unique science fiction movie. Uh, yep. I thought about it. I was thinking about it nonstop the next day, uh, just piecing together like what I had seen and what di- different interpretations, which I think that there could be some different interpretations for how this movie is kind of wrapped up. But totally. regardless of how, how what you think, I, I, it was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. agree. And the, the more I thought about it, the more I liked it. And I, you texted me that you bought the Blu-ray. On my recommendation, I was like, insured. You, yeah. you know, you paid 10 bucks for that? Yep, you don't like it? I will give you 10 bucks, sir. No <laughs> yep. problem. That stays on my shelf. It's Damn such it. a slow burn. <laughs> it's such a slow burn compared to, like, most what I'm used to for sci-fi. It almost plays out in kind of that thriller mystery sort of way. Yeah. With a lot of sci-fi elements and just everything about it, I thought, just fit together so well. And even though it does move along slow, and it's like you are just sucked right into what's going on. Oh, yeah. I was never bored. Never bored. And there Uh, are some super creepy moments in that movie. Yes, there are. Well, it also does something that uh, some of my favorite sci-fi movies do, which is they give you just enough to know what's going on, but not enough to know what's going on. Yeah, And uh, I love that mystery. Like, what is going on? And I love a discussion film. 2001 under the skin we already talked about this but yep it, it just has kind of that feel of like i gotta talk to somebody about this damn movie and yeah. then uh how about the gory bits they feed oh, the gore meister and it was oh. very well done and very shocking in the context of the movie and what how what it was all meaning and it's such a the movie itself how it sets itself up it doesn't really feel like it's going to be that gory and then when they when those little gory bits happen I'm like, oh, ooh, that was very off, off-putting. The, the um, intestines and the stomach thing. Oh, I, I man. I was looking at that through my fingers. Just, what is this over? Make it stop. I yeah. wasn't expecting those gory moments, truthfully. I, I really yeah. didn't expect those. So they really caught me off guard. And I was like, holy crap, you know, yeah. this is awesome. I, I, I love the intestine scene. I thought that and the yeah. bear are my two favorite parts. Yeah, man, bear, pig. The man yep. bear thing because there was freaking, kind of a man bear pig in this. That, that yep. Uh, yep. thing is freaking creepy. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, everything about the movie, especially those man that last twenty minutes or so where things go really crazy and the effects. It's just the whole movie itself has very much like under the skin. There is this underlying sense of dread from the minute the movie starts to the end. There is just this uncomfortable uneasy feeling about everything. No matter how beautiful some of the scenes look, it's still, I'm like, it's off. And I love those types of movies that are able to pull it, pull it off like that. And Under the Skin is a great example of a movie that can pull off that 
uncomfortableness the whole way through. And this one here did it as well. I'm already looking forward to rewatching it. It's almost two hours long and I, easy rewatch. I can't wait to rewatch that one. Oh, yeah. yeah, me too. And the next time I watch it, it's going to be on Blu-ray because uh, yeah. I just borrowed it from the library. It was DVD and I, I, it was good, a blessing and a curse because one, I loved the movie, but two, I was like, I have to get this one on Blu-ray. <laughs> uh, these special effects need to be in high definition. Yes. Uh, okay. Lastly, full spoiler. What do you think the happened in the ending? I think that, uh, well, or so what do you she... think is going on in the whole damn movie? <laughs> well, I think when she gets knocked out, when she's in the the whatever Ground Zero or whatever, or where this this asteroid under, thing under hit, the lighthouse. Yeah, I think that that creature, well, her doppelganger. I think that when we we cut to her getting up, I think that there was a transference and like that she's an actual doppelganger of herself, and that's what escapes the or that's what leaves the uh, the other. Lighthouse. What's it called? Yeah. I, the lighthouse or, or the shimmer. The shimmer, shimmer, that's right. And as with her husband, uh, I think that they're both, they're both not human or they're both evolved and they will carry on. Like it's gonna, I think it's gonna spread from there. I think their doppelgangers themselves have merged into one, I think is what happened. That's what I'm, that's what I think. So they're not really either. They're kind of somewhere in between. That's why they're able to walk between the worlds. Yeah, I, I kind of think I'm leaning with TJ a little bit, but I, uh, going back to the beginning of, of what the shimmer is, like the, this thing comes from space and what I think it is doing, and it's futzing with all the D- DNA of the plants and animals and humans and everything. And I think that, that it's kind of like a Prometheus thing. Remember the beginning mm-hmm. of Prometheus yep. yeah, where aliens are, are throwing down this ball and poof, it's a DNA bomb of a shimmer thing. And, uh, I think that, she gets, uh, her and her husband get out, but they're congested or infected or however you want to describe it. And through them and through the animals and everything else that happened, it will change the DNA of the planet to make it hospitable for the aliens in the, to come in the yeah. future. That is my uh, oh. long writer's way of saying <laughs> what I think is going on. But yeah. I'm sure that there are a lot better theories on the internet. And if I go look around, I might yeah. find some. I love how beautifully grotesque some of the scenes could, could be. like the the one guy that was kind of plastered against the wall and like oh, the jaw oh, like, yeah. and it's kind of like the, some of the stuff is kind of pretty looking around this disgusting corpse and oh it was so weird and cool. As and, soon as I saw him, I was like, I kn- that's where it happened. This is where it happened. This is where they did the guts <laughs> thing, and then he grew out of himself. Yeah, like, and apparently this is this is a book series too. That this was adapted from a book series, so I'm kind of curious to see if they're going to do sequels or not. Because I thought it kind of ended that way, like they were that there was going to be another one. But they Did also Alex left Garland it write the books. Alex I, Garland is a novelist, and he has only recently turned to filmmaking. So I, I can't remember if he was the one that wrote it or not. I believe so, but it almost feels. Like, it was kind of ambiguous enough, so you could either have it as a single film or a series. Because he's a novelist, and, like, he wrote the book, The Beach, and that was the... He also wrote the screenplay for it, I believe, based on his own novel. Um, I, So, hey, I, Ex Machina was the first thing that he made, but he's been working on worked on screenplays in between there. But yeah. uh, if he kept writing books, if, if it's based on his own work, then... Kudos, double kudos to him for uh, really realizing a vision because holy shit, is that a specific vision? Oh yeah. 
I loved it. Okay. Big thumbs up. Yep. We gotta do coming soon and wrap up, because we are on a timeline. Yep. Uh, TJ, you're up first. What are you gonna be watching soon? I am going to be picking up A Quiet Place here very soon. I will be watching that. I also just picked up the first three Transformers movies for a dollar a piece. So I am going to be watching those sometime in the next day or two. And because it is, well, at the time of filming, 4th of July, uh, Independence Day, I will be watching Right Dawn later this evening on Blu-ray <laughs> on my home theater with the volume cranked. <laughs> <laughs> controversial opinion that TJ's not going to like, and I'm not going to give him a chance to respond to because we're ending the show. Remake is better. Okay, coming soon for me. <laughs> I watched a rewatch Predestination with the boys, and they got their brains melted. <laughs> uh, VHS movie called Project Shadow Chaser is a thing that exists, and I own it. Uh, I've got a triple nine... I want to rewatch Warcraft. I got that pilgrimage thing. Something about a Monkey King, the Kingsman sequel. I got all kinds of crap on deck. And since it's 4th of July, maybe I'll watch the Red Dawn remake. Just to stick it to TJ. It's okay to have <laughs> a wrong opinion. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Battleship Boy. Okay, Eugene, what do you got coming? <laughs> okay. Um, stay tuned, dear listeners, for my reviews of Mondo Cannibal. Uh, that's coming next week from Bruno Matai, a.k.a. Vincent Dawn. Yay! Um, what other great, uh, Zombies, the beginning, I'm gonna be reviewing that. Island of the Living Dead, um, uh, in the land of the cannibals. Uh, yes, shot on video VHS, or VHS slash DVD stuff. That's what I'm watching, and it's great. Uh, as far as actual movie movies that have some sort of a budget above a thousand dollars, (laughs) uh... Mm, see you next week <laughs> <laughs> alright that'll be it for this episode thanks for being on TJ see you guys see ya peace thanks for listening, listening.